The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Jesus journeyed to a city called Nain, and his disciples and a large crowd accompanied him. As he drew near to the gate of the city, a man who had died was being carried out, the only son of his mother, and she was a widow. A large crowd from the city was with her. And when the Lord saw her, he was moved with pity for her and said to her, Do not weep. He stepped forward and touched the coffin. At this, the bearers halted, and he said, Young man, I tell you, arise. And the dead man sat up and began to speak. And Jesus gave him to his mother. Fear seized them all, and they glorified God, exclaiming, A great prophet has arisen in our midst, and God has visited his people. This report about him spread through the whole of Judea and in all the surrounding region. The Gospel of the Lord. There is a truly ancient prayer reflecting on the experience of losing a loved one and turning to God that begins quite beautifully by saying, we seem to give them back to you, O God, who first gave them to us. We seem to give them back to you. But the simple fact of the matter is, God who has given them has never taken his hand off of them. And they have always been his. And the prayer catches a beautiful note that we often think of the moment of the passing of a loved one as leave-taking. We are saying goodbye. We are letting go and in a very real way, the experience of the loss of a loved one, especially one whom we've accompanied through the difficult stages of a chronic illness, has an awful lot of leave-taking and saying goodbye about it. And yet our gospel reading today shows us something a bit beyond that. In this remarkable moment outside the gates of the city of Nain, where a funeral procession is moving and a mother and her friends and her neighbors are shedding their tears of sadness and loss and literally crying their goodbyes. As they move forward, the Lord arrives. We don't reflect on that enough, that it is precisely at the moment of leave-taking that the Lord is pleased to introduce himself, to enter, to arrive. That's one of the truly powerful elements of a funeral mass or a memorial mass. It is not merely leave-taking. It is also that moment where in our grief, the meeting of our loss, 
the meeting of all that we've gone through encounters Christ. And that changes things. Because when the Lord is present, things always become different. And so it is that the Lord stops because he's moved. And St. Luke very carefully points out, Jesus doesn't stop because of the young man who passed away, but he is moved by the grief of those who mourn his passing, in particular, his mother. The young man might have been a living saint, or he might not have been. We don't know. But scripture very carefully doesn't say that it had something to do with his holiness, his goodness, his generosity, or because of his wickedness. It simply says the Lord saw the weeping, heard the weeping, and he stops. And turning to the widow, he says what had to have come across as one of the most ridiculous things a person could say in that situation, which is, oh, stop crying. But this is not the Lord saying, get over yourself. This is not the Lord saying that your tears have no value to me. This is the Lord saying, there's more happening here than you realize. And so he stops the movement of grief for a moment, placing his hand on the coffin. And he says, young man, I tell you, I tell you, arise. And he speaks a word of life and movement that reaches all the way into death itself. And he cuts in this way against the grain of what the world tells us, that those who pass are out of our reach, that those who pass can hear nothing, see nothing, know nothing. The Lord speaks and the dead ear hears. The Lord speaks, and the dead heart quickens to life. The Lord speaks, and one who was held lost is held again. Note how remarkable that is. At the tears of the mother, at the tears of the mourners, the Lord speaks a word of life and life arrives. And note what happens. It is Christ who gives the son once again to the mother. The essence of gathering for a funeral mass, the essence of gathering as the church, as the people of God at moments like these has very much to do with the mystery that unfolds in this gospel reading. That even as we gather in our grief, even as we reminisce and reflect upon the life of the one who has passed on from us, there is very much an experience of the Lord giving that person back to us in a different way, in a new way, but a real way. Because to the Christian faith, 
death is never merely about loss. It is never merely about separation. It always involves change. But it is change in the hand of Jesus Christ. And it's so important that we recognize that and understand that. Because however well this young lady here thought she knew her sister Tammy all those years, in the experience of praying through her passing, you know her differently now. And arguably, you know her more fully. And note how it's not that she was your sister, but that she is still your sister. But that still is a gift that has to be received, and it has only one source, and that source is Jesus. And it's the ending of life, that moment where our time on this earth comes to an end, that finally gives us the means and the context to understand the whole of the life. As good as the life is while it's being lived, it's incomplete in a certain way. But there's now a completeness, and we gather within that completeness. A completeness that has wonderful details about it. That moment when she was a little girl and she lost track of her little pet. And she wanted to tear apart the house looking for it and her father didn't understand and was getting frustrated with this reckless, childish energy obsessing over the missing pet. And when dad says, oh, it's not that big a deal, that curious, bold freedom with which she stamped her foot and looked at her dad with that look that only a little girl of a certain age can give. All determination, completely convinced of the simple truth that she had grasped, and she believed her dad had forgotten, and she said, Dad, do you even know what love is in the first place? Uh, and what a remarkable statement from childhood of a certain vigor of living, a certain intensity of feeling. And while we may chuckle over it, it says something. Because it becomes a dynamic that grew within Tammy. This preoccupation, not simply for animals, but for small things for the innocent, for the weak. And this idea that to be truly alive, one must go out of oneself to lift up another. The first note of that is sounded in childhood. But we gather today on the other side now of the complete song of all of those notes of self-giving, of all of those notes of putting somebody else first, of all of those notes that says, whatever else I'm doing wrong, I'm trying to get loving right. And that is certainly not a bad song. And how remarkable that really is. 
And yet it's also a movement that includes the fragility and the diminishment of these last nine years. The groaning within a body that is beginning to fail. The crying out as that freedom physically becomes less and less and less, however much the heart wants to keep moving. And so we also have what St. Paul was writing about. And a woman who groaned alongside of the creation she loved so very much. Not simply for an end to her illness, but for that redemption that the Lord had promised. For that freedom which she anticipated, but never fully had on this side of eternity. And so it is here that as we reflect on these things and we pray for her, we see the Lord in his own way gives her back to us in that entirety. Because on the day she was baptized, her life was placed even more fully in his hand, he who had always held her. And what the Lord holds, he doesn't surrender, he doesn't let go of, he doesn't misplace, and he doesn't lose. It is in the meeting with Christ that the mother receives her son. And so it is, too, as we gather here in our meeting with Christ, we encounter our sister once again. We gather with tears, and the tears are not pointless, and the tears are not mere grief. We also weep over whatever lingering imperfections she might have had with her when she passed away. But we do so not weeping pointlessly, but knowing the Lord who sees our tears and hears our weeping is pleased then to give his mercy. The funeral mass is never mere nostalgia. It is never merely remembering. It is never mere reminiscing. Because as briefly consoling as those things are, in the end, they go nowhere. It is encountering once again our loved one in the presence of Jesus Christ, not as dead, not as missing, but as alive, and assisting that loved one to grow fully into that freedom she had been straining toward all her life. And the prayers of those who gather here and the tears of those who gather in faith this night are literally that the Lord say to our sister Tammy, you who also often in your life chose the lower place, the lesser place, you who so regularly and so generously put others before you, come up higher. Come up higher now to the better place, to the place that is waiting for you. Come up higher. And we pray that she would be freed from anything that prevents that immediate movement. What a good thing that is, knowing that as we do so, the Lord arrives and says, I say to you, arise, come up higher. And would that faith remind us as well to live with a real confidence in his mercy? Amen. <laughs>